Hello everyone, welcome to my channel. My name is Federico and this is Wheels on Fire. And here we are again with another podcast. Welcome everyone. In this time, in this new podcast, we are going to talk about something very special. Uh, we are to going to talk about the Monaco Grand Prix. And yes, finally, yesterday was the race for the at Monaco. And honestly, I know that many many Formula One fans, including myself, I have been expecting this race for a very long time. Because as I mentioned on the other podcast, uh, last year, 2020, we haven't been able to see this race. So the fact that it was back after almost two years, because the last time we saw it was in 2019, then that's great. And I think there they were interesting results and interesting strategies. So that is exactly what we are going to talk about. The, to summarize a little bit the race and to talk about the, the different the results and the strategies that we saw from the drivers and the teams in this race. So, in order to start with this summary of the Monaco Grand Prix, the first uh, DNF of the race was for the Ferrari driver Charles Leclerc, and what a shame really. I felt really frustrated when he, when he, when he had to retire from the race because he got pole position yesterday in his home Grand Prix. But the problem is that during the end of, quali of the qualifying session, session, he crashed, something that everybody knows actually because everyone was talking about it. And at that moment, apparently nothing was happening. But before the race started, when he was already in the car, uh, warming up his tires and everything, before the formation lap, actually, he found out that there was a gearbox issue in his car. And that's why, unfortunately, he couldn't start the race. He was also extremely frustrated about the situation. And I completely understand it, because it was his home Grand Prix. He got the qualifying session. He won. Um, he actually got pole position, so I completely understand it. If I would be in that position, that would happen. It would happen exactly the same to me. But I think that he will definitely have more opportunities in the future, maybe next year. As I always say, I think he's a, a driver with a with a bright future ahead. He's still very young. Um, he races in one of the best teams, the the Ferrari. That is going to get better in the next few races and in the next few seasons. So I'm sure that he will definitely have a lot of opportunities and that sooner or later, this victory in his hometown will definitely come. And the other and the last DNF of the race was for the, surprisingly, for the Mercedes driver, Valtteri Bottas. He started third on the grid. And honestly, he was very consistent throughout the whole race because he was second behind Max Verstappen for most of the race, or at least the first, the first part of the race, until he made his first pit stop. And this was the problem because, unfortunately, the mechanics couldn't take out that front right tire. And after that, he lost a lot of time in the, in the pit stop and he immediately had to retire from the race. And it is a mystery. I, I honestly think that it is a mystery why the mechanics weren't able to to take out that front right tire. I I don't understand what happened in the car, really. What, what we can say is that it is a shame what happened with Valtteri Bottas. He, he was very unlucky once again, and it, it was also a shame for, for Mercedes, because after all, he was, with that second position, he was scoring 18 points, but that potentially were going to be great for the Constructors' Championship for Mercedes, and in the end, those 18 points, those 18 points ended in, in zero, just like that, from a second to the other. 
And then who finished in last position was once again, well, once again a Haas driver, but this time it was Mick Schumacher. And I think that the reason why he finished last ahead of his, uh, behind his teammate, sorry, was because he had a lot of issues during the whole weekend. Uh, first of all, he crashed on practice three, and that is, and that's why he couldn't compete during the qualifying session. And he reported many problems with the car and with consistency throughout the whole race. So that's why he ended three laps behind the leader of the race and and even behind his teammate for the first time uh, since the beginning of this 2021 season. And as you heard it, on se in 17th position, uh, Nikita Mazepin finished right there with the other has. He started 19th on the grid ahead of Mick Schumacher because he wasn't able to compete there in the qualifying session, as I mentioned. Uh, still much of the same, really, for Nikita Mazepin. I, I still understand that, there, that it is impossible to, to do something else because the car is not competitive at all. Clearly, even worse than last year. Uh, what I have to admit that surprised me a lot, and I'm sure that this surprised a lot of people, is the fact that, that Nikita Mazepin didn't make any mistake. Because I saw even a lot of memes that of Nikita Mazepin that... He was going to crash, he was going to cost a safety car, um, and he was really going to create a negative impact on other drivers during the race, especially because he was going to get lapped many times, which is something that happened. But he didn't cause any problems, he was actually very consistent, he didn't make any mistake, just like that. So at least, well, that's a way to improve. That's a way to improve that can definitely boost his confidence. But then who finished in 16th position, unfortunately, was Yuki Tsunoda with his Alpha Tauri. He started in that same position and honestly, he was really absent throughout the whole race. Uh, the only thing that, that was different from him compared to the rest was the, the strategy. That he started with the hard tires and he went almost up to lap 70 with those tires and then he, he used the soft tires. That's all really, nothing, nothing different. Still, I, I have to admit on his defense that it is the first time in his career that he races in the Monaco Grand Prix because he hasn't even done it in Formula 2. So I guess in that sense, well, being a rookie in, in this type of Grand Prix, then it is definitely very difficult. But he has to improve and he, definitely his confidence is, very, is down right now as he had an amazing beginning at the Bahrain Grand Prix, the first race of the season. But after that, he wasn't just... He wasn't able to, to be that consistent as he, as he was during the first race. And then we have the, ahead of Yuki Tsunoda, we have the William drivers. First, uh, Nicholas Latifi, who finished in 15th position. He started 18th, once again uh, eliminated uh, in Q1. But he dropped consistently because he finished, even though he finished behind his teammate, he wasn't that far away from him wasn't far behind, so I guess that's an improvement, really. But then nothing much to say from him. And that's right, in 14th position, we have the other Williams driver, George Russell. He started 15th on the grid once again, being able to get into Q2. I, I think in this season, he hasn't been eliminated in Q3. In Q1, sorry, if I'm not wrong, as far as I remember. But his race clearly wasn't consistent. Yes, he finished ahead of his teammates and many other drivers, but considering his performance for over the past few races, I think it could have been better. It could have been better. But well, that's the reality for the Williams drivers right now. And mostly because the car is not, not competitive at all. But as I mentioned in other podcasts, I think that the car will definitely get competitive in the, maybe in the next few 
in the next few seasons because they have a, a bright future ahead and they are improving, especially compared to last year. And then, surprisingly, so and this is something negative, because Fernando Alonso finished in 13th position. He was knocked out of Q1 because he started 17th on the grid, and I think this was one of the, one of the worst weekends for, um, for Fernando Alonso since his return, because he was just absent throughout the, the whole Grand Prix, really. It is true that he had a good start, where he overtook many, many drivers like George Russell, Nicholas Latifi, Yuki Tsunoda, to name a few. But that's all he could do, really. He was far away from the points. Um, and it is a shame, really. It is a shame because it is the second Grand Prix in a row where he is not able to score points and he's far, far away from top 10. And then in 12th position, we have the McLaren driver of Daniel Ricciardo. He studied in that same position. And what a shame, really. What a shame. This was probably, again, one of his worst weekends, too. Um, he felt really I, I, he felt really frustrated and out of confidence throughout the, the whole weekend. He was lapped by, by many cars, including his teammate, Lando Norris, who drove an amazing race with an amazing result. Um, what a shame, really, because he was... Not only he was he was never close of of the top ten really, and he was feeling uncomfortable with the car. And before the the weekend started, I thought, well, maybe this can be a good weekend for Daniel Ricciardo. On the one hand, because he got adapted to, it seemed that he was going to get adapted to the car, as he had a very strong weekend at the Spanish Grand Prix, where he finished P6 ahead of his teammate. And at the same time, on the other hand, because he loves Monaco. He loves Monaco, he, he actually won this race in 2018, where he also scored pole position and he led the whole race. It is definitely one of his favorite Grand Prix, where he feels more comfortable, but this time it's just, it wasn't the same story as we are used to see from, as we saw from Daniel Ricciardo in, in previous years. And then, ahead of Daniel Ricciardo, we have, surprisingly, as something positive, the two Alfa Romeos. What a strong weekend. First of all, we have in 11th position, very close of the points, still not able to score them, was Kimi Raikkonen, who started 14th on the grid. Definitely a good race for the 2007 world champion. Uh, he was quite close of the points. And I think that he, he improved much compared to, to the previous races. And I think that the future looks bright for, for the Alfa Romeo this season. And the one who finished in, inside the top 10 getting his first point of the season and the first point for Alfa Romeo was Antonio Giovinazzi. He started in that same position, 10th on the grid. And what a weekend by Giovinazzi. The best one, not only of the season, but in a while, really. Because he got into Q3 for the first time this season and he finished there. Uh, and he was even very close of ninth position, uh, fighting fighting for that position throughout most of most of the race, even though it is very difficult to overtake in this track, especially now with the cars nowadays. But very very strong weekend uh, since and let's be honest, since the season started, he was usually very close of of the top ten because he was always finishing P11, P12, maybe P13. He was close, closer than last year, but this time he finally got it. And how special it is to get it in the Monaco Grand Prix, all right? I think it is definitely very special. So definitely a great race, and, and let's hope this is the beginning of something great this season for, for the Italian driver. And then in ninth position, we have the Alpine driver 
of Esteban Ocon. He started 11th on the grid. I think it was a strong race from Esteban Ocon because he he finished inside the top 10. He scored two points and he saved the the weekend for the Alpine team, at least being able to score a few points. The same happened last race at the Spanish Grand Prix where he finished in that same position. And yeah, he's showing that he that this season, even though he could improve much more, he's been much more much more superior to his teammate, Fernando Alonso. And that is great because Fernando Alonso is a very experienced driver. He is a former two-times world champion. And it is true that he hasn't been in Formula 1 for almost three years. But still, I think it is very, 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 very positive for Esteban Ocon. And let's see if in the next few races he's going to repeat these kind of performances and if he's going to be able to defeat his teammate once again. And then we have, in 8th position, we have Lance Stroll. He started 13th on the grid and a really strong race, the strategy that worked. And I would say that in general it was a very strong weekend for the Aston Martin. It was the best weekend so far in the season. They scored a total of 14 points. And thanks to that, they are fifth in the Constructors' Championship right now, increasing the difference with the Alpine team. So definitely a very strong weekend for, for Lance Stroll. That, that's all I can say, really. Uh, well, really good consistency and, and everything, really. Great, great job by him. And then in seventh position, we have Lewis Hamilton... What a shame, he started 7th on the grid, still he got the fastest lap of the race, that's something that we, we have to, to say, but I think it was his worst weekend, not only this season by far, but also his worst weekend in, in, in a while right now, probably in a year or two, because he, throughout, even he felt very uncomfortable during the qualifying session, where he was never in the top, not even in the top three, and he was also very uncomfortable during the whole race. The, he was behind Pierre Gasly all the time. He was even overtaken by during the pit stop by Sebastian Vettel and Sergio Perez. So yes, completely, completely uncomfortable. He was the first one who made a pit stop. And clearly, I guess that, that was quite negative because he was, uh, as he complained, he was saving his tires and then the team decided to, to get him in. Uh, being like being the first driver that made a pit stop for those hard tires so maybe the the strategy this time for mercedes wasn't the best one and it was uh, a very poor weekend for mercedes they were only able to score seven points and yeah i think it was the the worst weekend since the Hockenga since the hockenheim grand prix of 2019 probably uh let, let's see I, I still i'm sure that in the next weekend they are going to step up and yeah, they are probably going to finish 1-2 or 1-3 again, as they, as we are used to see from them, as we have been used to seeing from them over the past 7 or 8 years. And then, as you, as you heard before, Pierre Gasly finished 6, and he also started in that same position, and very strong race from Pierre Gasly. He didn't feel happy after it, he wasn't happy, but I, but I have to admit that it was a strong race, much better than his teammate, clearly. Uh, he, he, I think he even lapped his teammate, and after all, he the same that I said with, with Stevan Ocon, I said today with Pierre Gasly, he saved the the whole weekend for for Alfa Tauri because those eight points 
are extremely important for the team. A team who is struggling a little bit this season. They are seventh in the Constructors Championship. And, and they are not able to score many points. But I'm sure that Pierre Gasly uh, will improve a lot during this season. And he's doing things correctly because he's finishing inside the top 10 many times. I think the only race that he didn't finish inside there was the Imola Grand Prix. Well, the first two races, the Bahrain Grand Prix and the Imola Grand Prix. But then after that, he finished inside the top 10. So I'm sure that's going to happen in, in the next few races as well. And then Sebastian Vettel finished in fifth position. He started eighth on the grid. What a race by Sebastian Vettel. Definitely the best one of, of this season. The first, the first one now that he's in Aston Martin. And I mentioned before how strong the weekend was for Aston Martin. That they, they had a, a great car and a great strategy. And this happens exactly. Sebastian Vettel... Uh, drove very well. Something that we are used to that we that we are used to see from him in Monaco. And even after the pit stop, he was able to stay ahead of Pierre Gasly and Lewis Hamilton, which was a surprise, really. Was a surprise, and then he he created a, a big gap ahead of them. And yes, he was far behind the fourth position, but still very strong weekend, and he seemed to be very happy after the race. So I think everyone is happy to see Sebastian Vettel in that humor, really. And let's hope that in the next few races he can, he can have similar, similar results, or even better. And then Sergio Perez finished in fourth position. He started ninth on the grid, probably one of the, one of the drivers of the day. Even though Sebastian Vettel both, was voted as a driver of the day, and I have to agree with that. I, think, I also think that Sergio Perez would deserve to be called that because his race was very strong and he was definitely very helpful. Uh, it was definitely a very helpful result for Red Bull. And yes, finishing ahead of Hamilton was also, was also something great. He, he overtook him on the pit lane. He saved his tires in a very efficient way. And he was even one of the last drivers to pit. And he did, he did everything perfectly then, clearly. Very close to the podium, still... As Monaco is a track that it is so difficult, so hard to overtake, then clearly, it was, even though he had a bigger advantage in terms of tire management and the tire condition, still he wasn't able to get that third position, that first podium of the season for him. And the one who really got that third position and second podium of the season was Lando Norris. The McLaren driver started fifth on the grid and he had, as I mentioned in an Instagram post that I made, he had one of the strongest weekends of, of this season and of his career, really. He didn't make any mistakes throughout the whole season, managed to keep the tires in a very efficient way, even though, even though he struggled a little bit in the end, but he kept that position against Sergio Perez and his second podium of the, he achieved his second podium of the season and the first one of in Monaco and I think it must be a very special feeling for him to achieve that podium. And then the Ferrari driver of Carlos Sainz finished in second place. He started fourth on the grid and the, I have to say the same for Carlos Sainz, one of his best performances of his career. He was able to equal his best result. Uh, second position, the same one that he achieved at the Monza Grand Prix last year, historic Grand Prix, I have to say, and he was he had a very strong, a very strong pace and was very consistent throughout the whole the whole weekend and the whole race really, because he 
he was far ahead of Lando Norris, so he wasn't really in danger of losing that second position. And he was very close to the to leading the race. Still, uh, in the end, he just wasn't able to to keep that to keep that pace, and he finished uh, ten seconds behind the the lead. But very strong result, really, and the first podium for Ferrari uh, in the season, and his first podium for Ferrari too. So all I have to say is amazing job for him, and thanks to his race. Now Ferrari is getting closer and closer in the Constructors' Championship to McLaren. They are still in fourth position, two points behind the, the Tifosis. So definitely amazing job for him. Still, I have to admit that he was quite lucky that Bottas had to retire and that Charles Leclerc had to didn't, wasn't even able to start the race because if not, he wouldn't have finished there. But this is what happened and that's why he finished in second position. And then Max Verstappen finally won the race. He started second on the grid, but what a performance by, by the Red Bull driver. He not only he finished first, but he led the whole race, really. He led the whole race. Magnificent, really. And, and thanks to this result, he now, he's now the leader of the Drivers' Championship by four points when he came to this. And he leads the Drivers' Championship for the first time in his career. And... You know, he came into this weekend with, uh, in, with being behind Lewis Hamilton for a total of 14 points, and now he's ahead of him. So, clearly amazing. Clearly amazing. Nothing else really I have to say from him. Perfect weekend, and his first win in Monaco. I think that this is going to be the first win of many for him here in Monaco and many other Grand Prix, really. His 12th win inside Formula 1. Many more are going to come, as I mentioned, clearly. Uh, he's having a, a, a really good year right now. And thanks to his results and the one from his teammate Sergio Perez, they are Red Bull is first in the Constructors' Championship by one point. They are leading that championship for the first time since 2013, so that's also a big accomplishment by both drivers. But really, Verstappen did everything perfectly, really. Everything perfectly. He took advantage of the fact that the Mercedes weren't in their best weekend, that Valtteri Bottas had to retire, and that Lewis Hamilton really was in one of his worst weekends of of the last few years. Uh, so nothing, nothing else to say from him. I would also say that he may be considered one of the drivers of the days as well. Uh, I say this because I, I also mentioned it with with Sebastian Vettel and Sergio Perez, and I could say the same with with Max Verstappen, and you know, it is great. What I also loved about this Grand Prix is the fact that we saw a different podium. As we all know, over the past two years, the we have been seeing the same podium, which is the two Mercedes and Max Verstappen. Sometimes one wins, sometimes the other, such as what we saw this season, but the fact that that this time we saw a different podium, I think it is, it is something really positive, and it is some fresh air, really. Um, and these three drivers really get on well between each other. Verstappen, Sainz, Norris. So I, I think it, it is lovely to see a new podium, and I, I I loved it. And I know that many many fans also also loved it. After all, seeing something new and seeing new competition, it, it is great. And these two and these three drivers, sorry, are very young, so they are definitely the future of Formula One. Well, 
This was the end of this podcast, the end of the summary of the Monaco Grand Prix. I hope you enjoyed it, really. I hope you enjoyed the race in general. I think that even though it wasn't a race where there were many overtakes, practically none, something that we were expecting before the weekend started, still I think that, the fa- as I mentioned in the last podcast, the fact that we are in Monaco, which is a very historical track, and I think that is what we have to appreciate. I think that it is exactly what we appreciate as fans. And really, the drivers practically made no mistakes. And and I love when they go when they are when they drive to the limits. Really, they every time, even when the cameras showed uh, showed it in slow motion, they were so close of the barriers. Still, they made practically no mistakes. And I'm talking about practically all of them, not 100%, but most of them, which is something that didn't happen in the in the past few years. And considering the fact that this year we have so many rookies. Well, I think that that's something interesting even for them. And the fact that they made no no mistakes can really boost their confidence a lot ahead of the next few races. So, well, the next race that that is going to be in this 2021 season, it is going to be in two weeks and it is going to be the, the Baku Grand Prix once again returning for the first time since 2019. Another Grand Prix that is quite new to the calendar, but we... I'm sure we missed it a lot because there are usually great races there. And let's hope that we also have another great race there. Also, I have to tell you that in the next few days, probably this week, I'm going to upload another podcast. uh, Talking about a little analysis from from this Monaco Grand Prix and, and everything that... That, that we and everything that we have after what is happening after the Monaco Grand Prix I think we we really have a lot to talk about so well that's all really that's the end of the podcast thank you very much for being here with me once again I hope you enjoyed it and as I always say thank you very much and see you in the in the next podcast